Welcome to Bob Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will continue in the book of Revelation, chapter 14. And I will be using the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it a little bit more simple to understand. And uh, once I read through this chapter, then I will go into uh, the Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. And that's... Uh, because Matthew Henry explains what the symbolism is, and it's so we can understand uh, what John is saying in the book of Revelation, where it's a lot of symbolism. Okay. And the book of Revelations is in the last book of the entire Bible, or the last book in the New Testament. And before we get started, I always like to read why we can depend on the Bible. And again, I got this information from Dr. Vodi Bakum and one of his uh, teachings in, in uh, YouTube, on YouTube. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, a span of 1,500 years, in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little near make, hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's why we can depend on the Bible, because there was witnesses and everything, so therefore, and, and everything works just so perfectly. Okie doke. Let's go ahead and start, and the title in this first section is The Lamb and the 144,000, and that will be uh, verses 1 through 13, or excuse me, um, that will be actually verses 1 through 5, then the next section is the three angels, and that will be verses 6 through 13 and then the next one will be harvesting the earth and trampling the wine press and that will be verses 14 to 20 let's begin okay revelation chapter 14 using the new international version the lamb and 144,000 then i looked and there before me was the lamb standing on mount zion and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Verse 2, And I heard a sound from heaven like a roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound, the sound I heard was like of the harpists playing their harps. Verse 3, And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Verse 4. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They follow the Lamb whatever, wherever He goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as firstfruits to God and the Lamb. Verse 5. No, no lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Next section, the three angels, verse 6. Then I saw another another angel flying in midair, and he had eternal 
the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Verse 7, he said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the harvest and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. Verse 8, a second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Verse 9, a third angel followed them and said in a loud verse, If any one worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their forehead, verse 10, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured from strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. Verse 11, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast in its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Verse 12, this calls for patience and endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Verse 13, then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Okay, the next section is harvesting the earth and trampling the wine press. Uh, verse 14, I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was was one like a son of man with its, with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Verse 15, Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Verse 16, So he was seated on the cloud, swung a sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Verse 17, another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel, who had charge of the fire, came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. Verse 19, the angel swung his sickle on the earth gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. Verse 20, they were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. And that concludes chapter 14. And the topic at the beginning was... Um, the Lamb and the 144,000. Okay, so now we're going to switch over and we're going to find out what, what that meant through using the Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible and he will explain what, what that chapter meant. Okay, so let's begin. Chapter 14, number one, the Lord Jesus as the head of his faithful followers, verses one through five. Two, the message of three angels, verses six to 13. Number three, these are all Roman numerals. The vision of the harvest, verses 14 to 20. Let's begin. 
Those faithful to Christ celebrate the praises of God. Three angels, one proclaiming the everlasting gospel, another the downfall of Babylon, and the third the dreadful wrath of God on the worshipers at of the beast, the blessedness of those who die in the cloud, verse 6 to 13, a vision of Christ with a sickle and a harvest ripe for cutting down, chapter 14 to 16, the emblem of events fully ripe, trodden in the winepress of God's wrath, 17 to 20. Okay, now let's begin. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. Mount Zion is the gospel church. Christ is with his church and in the midst of her in all her troubles. Therefore, she is not consumed. His presence secures perseverance. His people appear honorably. They have the name of God written in their foreheads. Um, they make a bold and open profession of their faith in God and Christ. And this is followed by suitable actions. There were persons in the dark darkest times who ventured and laid down their lives for the worship and truth of the gospel of Christ. They kept themselves clean from the wicked abominations of the followers of Antichrist, which is which means someone that doesn't those that don't follow Christ. Their hearts were right with God and they were freely pardoned in Christ. He is glorified in them and they in the in him. May it be our prayer, our endeavor, our ambition to be found in this honorable company, those who are really sanctified and justified or meant here. For no hypocrite, however plausible, can be accounted to be without fault before God. Chapter 14, verse 6 through 13. The progress of the Reformation appears to be rare, to be here set forth. The four proclamations are plain in their meaning that all Christians may be encouraged in the time of trial to be faithful in their Lord. The gospel is the great means whereby men are brought to fear God and to give glory to Him. The preaching of the everlasting gospel shakes the foundations of Antichrist in the world and hastens its downfall. If any persist in being subject to the beast and in promoting his cause, they must expect to be forever miserable in soul and body. And I'm taking it that the beast is another term for Satan or the devil. The believer is to venture or suffer anything in obeying the commandments of God and professing the faith of Jesus. May God bestow this patience upon us. Observe the description of those that are that are and shall be blessed, such as die in the Lord. They die in the cause of Christ, in the state of union with Christ, and are found in Christ when death comes. They rest from all sin, temptation, sorrow, and persecution. For there the wicked cease from troubling there, the weary are at rest. Their works follow them, do not go before as their title of or, or purchase, but follow them as proofs of their having lived and died in the Lord, the remembrance of them will be pleasant, and the reward far above all their services and sufferings. This is made sure by the testimony of the Spirit witnessing with their spirits and written word. 
chapter 14, verses 14 to 20. Warnings and judgments are not having produced information. The sins of the nations are filled up, and they become ripe for judgment, represented by a harvest, an emblem which is used to signify the gathering of the righteous when when ripe for heaven by the mercy of God, the harvest time is when the corn is ripe. When the believers are ripe for heaven, then the wheat of the earth shall be gathered into Christ's garner. The other emblem is the winepress. The enemies of Christ and his church are not destroyed till by their sin they are ripe for ruin, and then he will spare them no longer. The winepress is the wrath of God, some terrible calamity, probably the sword, Shedding the blood of the wicked, the patience of God towards sinners is the greatest miracle in the world. But though lasting, it will not be everlasting. And ripeness in sin is a sure proof of judgment at hand. And that concludes chapter 14. Wow, I tell you, sure is good to, to, um, to have this stuff. Alrighty. Let me give you some scripture. Let's see here. First John chapter one verse eight, King James Version. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. First John chapter two verse four, King James Version. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, it is, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, King James ver Version. He that saith, he abideth in him himself, also to talk even as he, re he, he walked. So even as to walk as he walked. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, King James Version. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And that, that of course, is for those who are already saved, who already knows God, who have realized that they've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, and then therefore have, were convicted in their hearts and they came with a sorrowful contrite heart, repented of their sins, put their trust in Christ alone so now they can have eternal security or eternal life. Have a look at our heaven. Okay. Romans chapter 6, verse, uh, verses 23, the ESV English Standard Version. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, NIV, New International Version. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who seeks, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Okay, dokie. Now I'm going to give you some salvation scripture. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. The King James Version. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth confesseth may salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you're listening, if you've been listening for a while, you know, you hear this over and over, but there's always those that this is the first time they're listening. And so the reason why we need Christ, you know, because some people say, well, why do we need Christ or whatever? And I said, well, because we have, uh, we have rebelled against God, even though we don't know it, but by rejecting God or, you know, because the Bible says that no one is looking for God. So that's why God uh, seeks you out. Like those who he's chosen before the foundation of the world, he seeks you out and he... He he draws you to himself. But the reason why we need God, why we need Jesus Christ, is because we all have broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. I'll just give you a few of them so you can understand. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. And that would be the Seventh Commandment. Have you ever hated someone According to Jesus, if you ever hated someone, then you've already committed murder in your heart. That's the sixth commandment. Um, have you ever lied? And, and what he calls one that lies, you call him a, a liar. I'm going to give you one more. Um, thou, uh, you shall not steal. So that means even, because remember, God's standards are so high and ours are so low. It's like even if you borrow a pen and never bring it back, no matter it, it doesn't matter how, how much something's worth, it's the intent. You know, it's like we just don't care or we don't see value in anything like that. As we just do stuff that so, ought oh, to be fine, you know. Or even if it's a paperclip, if you don't return that, then you've stolen. And it, you know, and we've all done stuff, especially as children. So therefore we're guilty in in need of Christ and we can't earn it and we can't work for it. Because according to the Bible, the best we have is us filthy rags. So that means we're done for. So what do we need? Well, um, Jesus came, a God's son. He came, and he walked this earth. He, he, uh, he was here for 33 years. He preached for three and a half years. And he preached the gospel, which means the good news. And what's the gospel? It means that... Um, he to go to heaven, you must repent of your sins and put your trust in Christ alone. And, and, and repentance means turning away from sin, not to keep going back to it. I mean, now we fail and fall on like that, but that's that's not, you know, we're striving not to do that. But our flesh is very weak. So anyways, so by realizing that we were all guilty and we can only go through Jesus who is the bridge so that means without Jesus, there's no bridge and we can't get to God. But God, Jesus came and he walked and he gave the gospel. Then he allowed wicked religious men and then the, the authorities at the time were Romans who were wicked. And so the, the wicked religious authorities turned him over because they rejected Christ. And even when uh, uh, a guy named Pilate, who was like the governor of... Uh, and he was a soldier who was a governor of that province, and even he knew he wasn't guilty, and he knew it was a setup. 
So he went to the people and said, well, who do you want? You know, this guy or this, this, this murderer over here whose name was Barabbas. And so the religious leaders got them to, to say Barabbas, the one that had killed some people. And they even said, let Jesus' blood be on their hands and their children's hands. And that's why they've had a hard time ever since. But, um, in fact, the majority still reject Christ. You know, yes, there, there are some that have come, but many do not, of the Jewish, the Jewish people. But, um, but anyway, so when Jesus went, he was whipped and beaten, and he was whipped and beaten with um, uh, the Romans' whips had like at the end of their, their leather whips, they, they had like uh, uh, pieces of bones and metal so when they would uh, would whip somebody, and when they pull back, would pull skin off, and you can see bones and blood and everything, and that's what they did to Jesus, right? Then from there, they made him carry this big wooden cross that they were going to hang him on, and it was big and huge and heavy, and of course he and he was weak from all that the beating and stuff. So they got this other guy that, who was in the crowd, and to help him with it, and so he did. And so when they got there, then he put uh, uh, the Romans put. Uh, nails, gigantic nails in his hands and feet. And plus, they put him where you have to hold yourself up to breathe. That was part of the torture. And then when they, they put him up there, so he's got uh, uh, these metal, huge metal nails in his hands and feet, and his bleeding and the pain's horrendous. And he's already drained. He's, you know, pretty much everybody dies. That was their torture. That's what they, when they kill somebody or whatever, that's what they did. And then there were two thieves next to him. And one of them realized that he's wrong and realized that he shouldn't be there. And he asked him to forgive him and to, to, that he wanted to, to re, for Jesus to remember him when he came to his kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in the kingdom, you know, or heaven. So anyways, so when he died, right before Jesus died, he said, it is finished. That means the price that had to be paid was one time finished because he was perfect in every way and never sinned. Because yes, he was, he was God. Then he took the form of a man, but he was still God at the same time and man. So he, you know, he knew the weaknesses and and the pain and stuff of being in flesh, but he was still God at the same time. Anyways, so so because he did that, now we can come by faith, believing. So if God wants to judge you by uh, the Ten Commandments, we would be innocent or guilty. We would be guilty. Would it be heaven or hell? It would be hell. That's why we must come through Christ. That's the only way we can come. You know, uh, that's the way that God set up, and you can't go no other way. So I would advise you to to talk to God right now and and ask God for forgiveness, repent of your sins, turn away from it, and and then, then take the trust that you you have in yourself and and trans. Transfer your trust to Christ alone, just like you would if you were in a, a pair, uh, if you were in a plane about to crash and I gave you that parachute. That parachute is going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. Plus, when you come to Christ, and it ain't easy, you know, because people don't, you know, because a lot of people, because the world don't like Christians or whatever, but it's worth it in the end. But, if you come to Christ, you can have you can have eternal life.
and you won't fear death anymore. So, so I would advise you as quick as possible because you don't know. A uh, hundred thousand people die every day around the world, every twenty-four hours. You know, and we don't know if we're going to be in that number or not. That's something to think about. So, go to God with a sorrowful, contrite heart. Just talk to Him. That's what prayer is—is is talking to God. Come humbly with a sorrowful heart and ask for His forgiveness, repentance, and then put your trust in Christ alone. And you can have eternal life today. And then, then start reading your Bible. Find a Bible, good Bible, you know, NIV, whatever. You know, NIV would be easier, you know, or uh, even a New King James Version or uh, um, of the New Living Bible, whatever. Those are good ones to read. Unless, I mean, you couldn't. You know, if you understand the King James, that's even great. You know, but but I would suggest you start with like you know with a, with a simpler Bible, NIV, something like that. Um, but not the Message Bible. That's more literary. That wasn't directly translated from the Bible. That was one guy. He just wrote it out himself. What he thought was the best, and that's not how we do. That, that's not the best way to do things. You know, because your own prejudices will be in it. Those other Bibles I mentioned, they were directly translated. Uh, uh, from the Hebrew and the Greek that's in the Bible and uh, was translated by a committee of scholars who that's what uh, that's what their their specialty is um, so I would do that today let me give you some resources Oh, no, I got right here, actually. Resources. Okay, all these you can find on uh, YouTube. And that's Dr. Vodi Bakum. And you can also uh, look him up, put, in your search, put him in your search engine. He'll come up as Ministries. Uh, R.C. Sproul, Ligonier Ministries. Living Waters of Great Comfort, livingwaters.com. Remember, they're all on YouTube also. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersGenesis.org, Wallbuilders with David Barton, Wallbuilders.com, and he covers mostly um, American uh, Christian heritage and all. Um, Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin, and you can go on his website and just go in there, and if you look down the line, You'll see things you need to click on. You can click on, I think it's Bonson U or Dr. Greg Bonson, and you can get a free seminary education. His family donated all of his audio recordings, teachings and stuff, uh, to Apologia Studios, and they remastered them and everything. And you can literally get a free education. I listened to them myself. Dr. Walter Barton, Martin, WalterMartin.org. Okay, and you can reach us if you want to correspond, Bob Education Institute at gmail.com. And we do finally have a new website. And I, I didn't want to pay for, you know, uh, uh, like an expensive uh, domain. So I just kept what they gave me. And it is 5D, uh, lowercase d, lowercase b, lowercase e. Um, 1182E5831.com. Uh, 
site, S-I-T-E-O lowercase, 123.me lowercase. You know, if you're interested in that. And uh, you can find us on these platforms also, uh, podcast platforms, Bible Education Institute, Reverend Henry Kelly. Uh, you can find us on YouTube Rumble. Um, also, Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, Gab, Listen Notes, Luminary Podcasts, Player FM, Helium Radio Network, heliumradio.com, uh, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Apple, Chrome, GPotter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and others. And here's some more people um, who are good teachers, and that would be Doug Wilson, Gary DeMar, and of course, Pastor Jeff Durbin, Dr. James White on YouTube, and you can find him with Apology Studios. Pastor Joel Webin with Right Response Ministries. And of course, um, Dr. Vodi Bakum, Dr. R.C. Sproul with Ligonier Ministries. That's L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R Ministries. And that should cover it for today. Let me give you some, if you would like some books, here's some places that I get books. I buy a lot of used books just to make it cheaper, but they have new ones too. Uh, Abe Books, A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S, Thrift Books, Amazon, and Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-S. And there's a lot of more. Uh, oh, there's plenty more too. Another good resource is uh, TCT Network, but only one program there that I was just watching, and that is uh, Faith and History with William Federer. You, you get a lot of good church history there around the world. And there's one that used to be on there, Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. He covers a, a lot of the Old Testament, but you could, uh, he's not on there anymore, but you can go to his website, RabbiDanielLappin.com, and on there they have like their, um, they have a blog, which is his wife, her name's Susan Lappin. She has a blog you can read on there. And also, you can find find them on YouTube, and it, it's really good. It's very interesting, to say the least. And yeah, and also, and you can also find him on most. Like he has a podcast too, and pretty much is good. Well, till the next time. Remember, read the Bible daily without fail, and do what it says.